Canvas Continued on the Not the Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church. And welcome to our November episode of Canvas Continued. First of all, I want to say that I hope that you're all doing well during the season. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, it has been a couple of months since we have met together in person. And personally, I miss seeing all of you. I'm sure many of you miss being together with the rest of the community as well. As a reminder, before we get into this episode, if you have any prayer requests, please let us know and we would love to pray for you. Also, there are lots of ways that our community is connecting with each other online right now. I won't go into the full list here, but feel free to check our Facebook and Instagram for updates on how we are continuing to be together during the season. This month, our theme is Conflict and Boundaries. During each month this year, our leadership team picked themes that we thought would be useful to the young adults in our community. So far, we've covered the topic of community and spiritual disciplines. And this month, we are focusing on the conflict and tension that sometimes exists in our communities and relationships. As Christ followers, it is so important that we learn to navigate conflict well and that we learn how to set healthy boundaries. This is especially true as we pursue community. In September, we discussed how important it is for each of us to pursue Christ-centered community in our lives. But because we're sinful and selfish, even the best communities and the strongest relationships experience conflict and tension at times. But that doesn't give us an excuse to leave community, even if we've had negative experiences. Rather, It means that we must each grow and mature in our ability to walk through conflict and to set good boundaries. Therefore, it is our prayer that this episode helps each of us grow closer to developing the tools we need to handle conflict well. For this episode, I sat down with Sean Sagert, who is the Director of Pastoral Care at Grant Memorial Church. We had a great conversation about conflict and boundaries, especially in the context of young adults. We hope that this interview is helpful for you and that it is another step on your journey of becoming more like Christ, especially in how you handle conflict and walking through difficult seasons with other people. Hello, friends. Today, I am sitting down with Sean Sagert. Uh, Sean will be familiar to many of you, especially those of you who attend Grant Memorial Church, as he is our church's director of pastoral care. But for those who don't know who you are, Sean, and I take pity on those people for not <laughs> knowing who you are, but for those who don't know you, or maybe only those who know you through your Psalms with Sean fame, right which is, it's, it's exploding at this point. <laughs> um, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are um, and specifically how long you've been here at Grant. Okay. Uh, all good questions. Yeah. My name is Sean Segert. Uh, 
yeah, 50 years old. Uh, grew up in Calgary, Alberta, together with my family and my two sisters. Uh, ventured out to uh, to Manitoba to go to attend uh, Providence College, where I met uh, Deidre, uh, my wife. Uh, together we have two children, uh, Paige and Rhea. And uh, yeah, so... I've uh, been in ministry uh, on and off for, boy, close to 30 years, 30 years now. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. So lots of wisdom to share. Yeah, well. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> and Sean, um, how long have you been working at Grant? And tell us a little bit about your role and day-to-day kind of what it looks like. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been on staff at Grant for for three years, um, three years now, and we've been attending uh, here at Grant. My family and I, we've been attending for probably about five or six years. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the director of pastoral care is a very broad role in in many ways. Everything from uh, weddings and and funerals, walking alongside people in in crisis, uh, giving some direction to Stephen ministers, and uh, and also uh, you know some of the support groups that that we have here. Um, you know, people who are who are calling up the church and who are in different stages of of crisis. So whether that's a conversation with with me or whether that's Connecting them with a with a counselor, a Christian counselor, um, yeah, all all those different different things. Really trying to walk alongside people, um, whether as individuals or families or or even in, in in a group setting as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I imagine. I mean, I, I suppose like all ministry jobs, but yours is such a frontline position. Um, I imagine that your work is sort of changing all the time, and as people's yeah. needs evolve and, and absolutely, change. Yeah. yeah, there there's definitely a variety to it, which which I which I appreciate. Like it's one of the things that that I enjoy about it, and I enjoy connecting connecting with people. Uh, one of the I think one of the most significant things uh, for me, and one of the reasons I consider it such a such a huge privilege, is is that I get to be on the front lines of seeing God at God at work. And sometimes the the people that that I'm talking to, they they can't perceive it. They can't see it, but I can. And just being able to to kind of point point that out uh is just a is a, is a blessing. That's a privilege. Yeah. yeah. It, it really is. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing before we jump into some of our topics here, Sean, that I'm thinking we need to address um publicly to put the rumors to rest is that like I think it's fair to say, I don't want to speak for you, but I think it's fair to say that you and I like each other very much. Absolutely. And that they're, okay, good. I was a little worried about what you're going to say there. Um, but, and we're aligned on many things, I think, yes. but the one thing we are not even remotely aligned on is food. That's correct. You and I, especially when it comes to restaurants, just seem to to not ever agree on which restaurants are good, are worth going to. I, I think it started with Qdoba. Right. Uh, can, can you speak a little bit to your dislike of Qdoba? Um, just well, to, to clarify just, your position. It's just not a place that I would, would go to, to eat food. Like. <laughs> well, why is that? I mean, it's delicious. Um, it's not good for you, but it's, it tastes great. <laughs> it, it, it's all right. I think I think part of it for me is is that uh, I've I've had some really good Mexican food, and so I would not consider Qdoba. Oh, on you're a that. Mexican food snob. Absolutely, <laughs> okay. absolutely. Yeah. When when I was when I was in my early twenties, uh, two friends and I we drove down drove from Winnipeg to to Houston, Texas. Oh wow! With, without stopping. Whoa. Okay. Which was which was a, a, an adventure. Never, Got that Tex Mex. 
But yeah, we went to this yeah. one place in particular. It was kind of like a buffet style. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if I could re re recreate that here in Winnipeg, it yeah. would be so amazing. So that's your, you were, um, your standards are just too high then yeah. after that, that experience. Yeah. You came back years later, you had Kidoba and you went, yeah. what is this? Yeah. It's not even close. They're not even close. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, maybe um, what needs to happen is you and I need to go down to Houston yeah, together. Yeah, let's go right now. <laughs> yeah. We can record this on the road. That's right. I can yeah. try this restaurant, and yeah. then we'll see if I still like Kiroba afterwards. Yeah, that's right. I think you and I even recently had a disagreement about pie. Um, I'm a huge fan of blueberry pie, for example. I, in my opinion, that's probably the, the top level of pie, except for maybe an apple with some warm vanilla, or not warm vanilla ice cream, warm apple pie with vanilla ice okay, cream. Yeah. But you just, you won't eat blueberry pie. Well, blueberries were never intended to be okay. eaten. Okay. <laughs> so I don't get it. I don't get it at all. All right. Well, I'm hoping that even though you and I are not aligned in our food, uh, that we can still have a cordial conversation Absolutely. Today. Yeah, good. Absolutely. Good. You're still one of my favorite people, Don, wow. re regardless of your food choice. Oh, folks, you heard it here first. <laughs> you too, Sean. Um, okay, so this episode of Canvas Continued is all about conflict and boundaries. Hmm. So we're trying to discuss this topic through a biblical lens. Before we get to specifically some questions about conflict and about setting boundaries, um, I think it's important to discuss the importance of community in our own lives. Um, conflict often, I would say almost always, exists because we think community and relationships are important, uh, and rightly so. But often, I was going to say sometimes, but the real answer is probably often, because we're fallen people, community is where we experience conflict. It's where we experience tension and where we have to set boundaries. Um, so I think it's important, before we talk about conflict, let's remind ourselves and remind those listening why community is important in the first place. Um, because I've seen it many times with friends of mine. I've even felt this tendency at times in my own life where community, let's say Christian community specifically, uh, let's use the example of a small group. Um, a small group as it grows in intimacy, grows in probably the likelihood that there will be conflict between people in that group. And I've seen a lot of people um, leave small groups, even mm -hmm. even some, some people I've known over the years who really don't attend church anymore because of conflict they've had within Christian community. Um, so I think on the one hand, it's easy for us to think, well, then just forget it. You know, I'll just bow out and then no more conflict. Um, but I'm convicted that community is still important, even though there's conflict. Uh, can you speak a little bit to that? Why choose community, uh, even when it's hard? Because that's the way we're created. Bottom line, like we're we're created for relationship, and 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 this is coming from 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 somebody who's an introvert at heart. Uh, you know, put me in a in a cabin in the in the middle of the woods, and 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 I would probably be happy. Really? Yeah, ab absolutely. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't like, know that about a, you. There's a there's a reality show. I can't remember what it's called, but it's it follows these it follows these people who are like living alone up in Texas or up in Alaska. Sorry. And you see this, and you and go, I'm just like, wow, this is, is like <laughs> other than the going and hunting for your own food part. Like, I'm not I'm not excited yeah, about that. I I heard they have Qdobas up there. Yeah, yeah. That, that <laughs> so might, you'll starve. <laughs> that, that, that might be a challenge. Um, but yeah, um, like even coming from me as as an introvert, and, and I've gone through some some very um, challenging times, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in, in the context of Christian community, um, you know, uh, as, as a pastor of, of different churches in, in the past that I, I don't think that there's, well, even before I was a pastor, I don't think that there was a church that I was connected with that didn't, that I, where I didn't experience some kind of conflict, like not on a 
personal sense, but mm -hmm. in a in a congregational in a congregational sense. Right. And before coming coming to Grant, uh, had experienced you know significant conflict uh, at the church that I was a part of, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was hard. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was hurtful to to the point where, um, you know, the only reason why after that. And I wasn't in ministry for a while. The only reason why we were going to church really is because of our because of the girls. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And um, so, in some ways, I at that point, um, I felt like, yeah, I, I don't need to go. I don't need to be part of a church community, and and I would be fine. Mm -hmm. um, and what's interesting about that is is that I know differently now, right? But it, in being able to reflect on that, just reflect on you know, like. I was I was hurt, right? Not even being able to see that about myself that mm. that I was hurt, and the reason why I was hurt is because I wanted to experience something that I hadn't been experiencing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to experience closeness. I wanted to experience intimacy, even though I was almost telling myself those things aren't aren't important to me. And, but deep down, you there was a part of you that knew they were, or still yearned for them, even though you were denying them. Is that fair to say? Ab absolutely, and, right. and 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 God got my attention about that in a very significant way. Hmm. Um, we were attending, we were attending Grant, and I was just kind of wrestling with you know my my future and did I want to be involved in ministry and what wasn't. I, I was really kind of having it out with God. Mm -hmm. uh, it was on a Sunday morning before church. And uh, God says to me, um, like in, in my spirit, God says, says to me uh, very firmly, but very gently, mm -hmm. you need to deal with that chip on your shoulder. Mm. And man, like that, that just cut me, that just cut me to the quick. Mm. Like mm -hmm. I was just so convicted in that moment because I knew, I knew that, that, that he was right. Mm -hmm. And I had actually walled myself off from God and I'd walled myself off from from other people. Hmm. Um, and when we first started attending here at Grant, we were connected to a small small group, and it was and it was that was a great experience uh, for for me, mm -hmm. a great experience for for us. And I'd been involved in small groups before, but but not usually when I was involved in small groups, I, w I was the leader of the group, and this time I was there as a participant. And sure, that's yeah. what that's what I needed at that at that time, hmm. uh, and it was in that context that I discovered, that God helped me discover that I, that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. and that's what I needed because we have all been created, introverts and extroverts alike, <laughs> we have all been created for relationship, mm -hmm. relationship with God, mm -hmm. but also relationship with others. Hmm. And yet in those relationships that we have been created for, we sort of have this tension, right, within ourselves, this this internal conflict where we were created for this, but because things have gone wrong, because the world is out of order, mm -hmm. because we're fallen and have and exist in a fallen world, the things that we're created for and the very things we need the most seem to also be the things that hurt us the most at times. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that... that Instead of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, when we when we come to that mm -hmm. conclusion, uh, it is more a sense that um, the reason why those things are actually have the potential uh, for hurt are actually also the very things that that bring it value. Mm. Oh, interesting. Right. What do, you, what do you mean by that? So, 
you know, I think this, this kind of goes back to my, my take on this is that it goes back to even um, love and how love is defined, right? Like love is defined by choice, right? Like I can't, I can't force somebody to love somebody else. It's, it's defined by choice. Right. But the thing is, is that if you have, if you have true choice, mm-hmm. That means you have the potential for the absolute good of the good, but also the absolute worst of the worst. Right. So we don't necessarily think that there's a co- that there's a cost when things are going well, but there is there is a there is a cost. And, oh, that's interesting. And and I, the amazing thing about that cost is is that that God has said all along that the cost of that is is worth it. Mm-hmm. Like God knows that <laughs> knows the ultimate cost, right? Mm-hmm. Like His. His heart breaks when he, when he thinks about the people that are not turning, turning to him, mm-hmm. right? Um, but but love is so valuable, so important that it must be defined by choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so then, I think for us, what's so important? Part of why we're focusing on it this month um, through this podcast um, that even though it is through community where we experience hurt and through pain and conflict, we can't just bow out. It's not really an option biblically, but even personally, as you've said, maybe there were times in your life where you thought in the back of your mind, it is an option for me to leave. And maybe it would just be easier for me to get up and go. Right. Um, But you've, what I hear you saying is that you can now look back and go, Boy, was I wrong! Even through Absolutely. that, there was lots I needed. There Absolutely, was lots, yeah. Now, now, don't don't get me wrong. Like people bow out all the time, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's in the context of a of a church or in a small group relationship or even in in a family system, right? Right? Like like my uncle. I think of my uncle even who who kind of bowed out of, of some of the some of our family family stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think about that, I, I think about all the things that he has missed out on, mm. the things that he he has lost. Right. Right. But when we're in those moments, like we're not thinking about the things we've lost. We we're just thinking we don't want to go down that road. We we're don't, thinking about what we're avoiding. Yes, exactly. Right. And but we see the positive of that, but sure. we don't see yeah. the the potential good. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So then I think it's so important for each of us, um, and I'm only beginning on this road. Um, I think it's so important then for each of us to develop tools, to develop a Mm. a toolkit um, of navigating conflict well, of setting boundaries well. Um, Because yeah, the tendency, the temptation, I think will always be to go, that's it, I'm out, especially when things get hard, when we've been burned, when we've been hurt, as is wont to happen everywhere and often in the church. But I think then it's so important to learn resilience uh, in terms of navigating conflict mm-hmm. uh, as young adults and as for all of us as Christ yeah. followers. Um, so that's a little bit, Sean, of what I'm hoping we can get to today. Um, my hope is that by the end of this podcast, everyone who listens has a complete toolkit and knows how to navigate every conflict for the rest of their lives. There you go. Are you up to it? Absolutely. Let's, oh, perfect. Let's, we can do our best here. Yeah. Well, we won't get there, but if this is even just another step, another drop in the bucket yes. for somebody in knowing how to walk through conflict, then uh, that's great. Uh, I'm so glad we were able to do that. So there are two main topics, John, that I'm hoping we can discuss today. Um, There are many areas in our lives where we experience conflict, but I want to talk about two that I think are really relevant to young adults. Uh, The first is friendships. So the friendships we have with other young adults, um, primarily inside the church, but really anywhere, any kind of friendship. Um, 
And the second area is parents, uh, the conflict that we experience with our parents as young adults. Uh, but we'll talk about friendships first, how to navigate conflict and set boundaries in those relationships. Um, while we all love having friends, um, it's so important to maintain Christ-centered friendships. We talk about this all the time at Canvas. We promote it all the time through small groups and our other programming. But this is also where we experience tension and difficulties uh, in our relationships. So this is a very general question, but let's say a young adult were to come to you and they are experiencing conflict with a friend. And just for the sake of keeping the answer general, let's say they don't want to share too many details with you, but they come to you and they say, I have this friend, but um, you know, he and I are arguing, we're, we're hurting each other, there's conflict, there's tension in the relationship. What are a few principles that you would... Um, advise or counsel this young adult to keep in mind as they navigate that conflict? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think one of the things right off the bat is, is that oftentimes relationships are, are more complicated than sometimes we, we give them credit for. Uh, and part of that is, is that it's, it's hard to know the other person. Right, it's hard to know their motives, right? And it's actually it's actually hard for us to know ourselves and our motives too. Like sometimes we we operate under a certain certain idea in our head, but we're not actually really that in tune with ourselves in terms of the things that we the things that we need, mm -hmm. right? Because like that's that uh, part part of at the heart of relationship is is that like there, there's a need on our part, like. Mm -hmm. Like there's something that we need from our relationship, but there's also responsibility on our part, on our our part to give. So you know, relationships that are that are not healthy are ones where you're like giving all the time and and being taken advantage of, right? And not and not receiving anything, mm -hmm. right? And 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 vice vice versa, sure, right? Of course. So I, I think one of the important things to to kind of to kind of think through is is that um, you know like what 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 are some of the things that that I need from from this relationship almost kind of to do a do a bit of a, a an assessment mm -hmm. uh, kind of a, a self assessment to trying to trying to get down to what the what the heart of that might be for might be for you mm -hmm. and and then also understanding that that even on the surface of conflict like sometimes the issue is not the issue can you expound on that a little bit so sometimes when we're when we're in conflict with with other people and and you know, I, I've learned this the hard way a, a couple of times uh, in dealing with people who, especially dealing with people who are angry. Sometimes when you're dealing with people who are angry, they're actually not angry with you. Mm -hmm. They're actually angry about something else that's going on in their life, um, and they may not even they may not even be in tune with that either, mm -hmm. right? Because the ways in which we express stress um, is our bodies don't necessarily ask us for permission, mm -hmm. right? In terms of how we express how we express stress, and oftentimes that comes across in anger, and we're, we're not able as human beings sometimes to connect those to connect those dots. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the thing that a person is is uh, is is dealing with um, might not have anything related to you. Mm -hmm. So, as part of that, as part of that initial assessment, trying to figure out, okay, like what what's what do I think is going on here on on my level? Part of that next step in terms of a tool would be to would just be to to say to to the person you're in a relationship with, mm -hmm. uh, hey, just hey, what's 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 going on? Mm. What, what, what's going on? Even with you? outside of this exact yes. situation we're talking about, absolutely, right, absolutely, okay. just to kind of give some, right, because we we tend to kind of focus focus in that that tension point whatever mm. whatever that that might be and that 
that, yeah, that might be at the heart of it, but maybe this is bigger than you even even realize, mm-hmm. right? And and I know for, my, for myself that I've had these conversations with people and all of a sudden I get some insight into what's actually going on with that person that I was oblivious to. And it just gives a whole ton of perspective. Right. And I think that, yeah, I think what you touched on is so important that um, it, it also helps, I think, to take a step back. I think that's Mm-hmm. In, a, in a bigger sense, what you're describing is just kind of getting perspective um, on the situation. Because I think that so often in conflict, we we tend to focus on these very narrow issues. And sometimes the issue is is bigger than what we're kind of talking about in the moment. Yeah. Um, so that's, I guess, part of what you're saying, a, a principle you would... Yes. recommend. Yes, to a absolutely. Adult. It's almost it's almost like giving yourself a a, a bit of a timeout. Mm. And, and the timeout is is as simple as as saying to the other person, "Hey, I've just, you know, I've noticed that you're that you're really worked up or I've noticed mm-hmm. that you're really tense lately. Just like talk talk to me. Like what's what what's going on with you?" Mm-hmm. Um the key though when you ask the question is not to then answer it. <laughs> answer it for them exactly right right so oh, for sure yeah like we like to think of ourselves that we're good listeners but but are we listening or are you as they're talking are you thinking about what you're going to say next or are you right. go, or are you actually judging judging them they're saying you know actually i've been really stressed at work and blah, blah, and in your mind you're like well how could you be stressed at work you but, have the easiest job in the world yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. right so sometimes yeah. sometimes the part of that is is that we we need to do better at listening Right. Yeah, that reminds me a lot of what James talks about, where he says to be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I think if there are three quick rules to navigating any conflict, that's a great place to start. (laughs) Yes. Actually, the book of James is a a great place Hmm. um, uh, to, it gives us some some great lessons there Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how to deal with people, how to deal with relationships. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I want to talk briefly, Sean, about the topic of forgiveness. Because I think that um, sometimes conflict um, in what we're describing here is something that's ongoing, right? There's a tension that exists in a relationship that needs to be navigated, that needs to be handled well. And I think that what you've described is a, a great way to begin navigating that. But sometimes it's not so much something that's currently happening. It's something that did happen. Somebody said something, did something didn't do something, right? Omission or commission. Mm -hmm. Something happened in a relationship in the past that hurt us, that wounded us, that made us feel small or bad or shame or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about forgiveness. Um, Because I think there are two, I don't know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about forgiveness. Um, In a perfect world, forgiveness, I think, is I forgive you. The person says, I forgive you. And they apologize and they say, I'm sorry. And the relationship is restored and it's back Mm -hmm. to its former glory. But sometimes that's not possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And forgiveness doesn't always look like sunshine and rainbows. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you speak a little bit to forgiveness uh, and maybe some of the, uh, like, what does it mean to forgive somebody? And what are uh, maybe a few misconceptions about forgiveness? Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes when we think about forgiveness, we we think it's something it's something we're going to give to the other person, mm. right? Like we think about it in that that context, you know, like, you know, Dom, you've really hurt me about this whole Qdoba thing, so <laughs> so I need to extend to you, I need to extend to you for, for, for forgiveness, but, right? But the thing is, is that forgiveness is is really a two way street. Like forgiveness is is just as important, you know, for me as it is for for you, because the mm. thing is, is that if there's something that needs to be forgiven. 
um, like we're carrying that. Right. Like we're think we're thinking about it. Uh, we're probably thinking about it a lot. We're thinking about how that you know how that person hurt us. We're we're thinking about the the, the thing that that happened or the thing mm-hmm. that thing that they did. And, and it's just it's like this this reel that just kind of plays plays in in our minds. And I think sorry to jump in here. Yeah. I think that sometimes we think, and I say this because I've thought this before, that in holding um, a grudge or anger towards another person that we're keeping them in a cage. Mm-hmm. It almost feels good sometimes to hold on to resentment mm-hmm. and bitterness towards somebody else. And we think I've got this person locked down in our heads. Yeah. But what we don't realize, I think to what you're saying is that when we hold um, those things towards another person, we are, we're the ones in a cage. Absolutely. We're locking ourselves up in that, in that relationship. Yes. Yes, it's a, we almost use it as a form of punishment. Right. Oh, that's right? a good way to put it. Yeah. Right. Like we're trying to punish the other person. Like we can't, you know, there's nothing necessarily that we can do, but we can we can withhold our for, our forgiveness, and so right. you know, it's our way of punishing somebody. Oh, yeah. And 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 really, the truth is, is that we're we're, we're punishing ourselves. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, as I said, forgiveness leads to the wonderful restoration of friendships. And I've seen that happen in my life where in my situations or in ones I've observed, two people genuinely apologize, genuinely forgive each other. And wow, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes though, that doesn't happen. Um, And I wonder if you can speak a little bit to to this. Um, In the past, I've had somebody uh, wise tell me the following statement, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, There are situations we will come across in life where forgiveness means um, I wish you well somewhere else. Mm. What do you think about that? Is that sometimes necessary? And I guess this is getting into the setting boundaries part of our topic here. Sometimes we need to say, I wish you well. I genuinely, I don't hold, I release you. I don't hold those things anymore, but we're not, there's no relationship anymore. What what do you think about that? Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. Uh, there's actually a statement uh, that I have been known to say mm-hmm. um, that comes right to the front to the right to the front of my mind, and it, it's not going to it's not going to seem very nice, uh, <laughs> but I've had to use it. Right. And, and the statement is, "You cannot reason with unreasonable." Hmm. So, like in other words, you you can't make decisions and choices for other people, mm-hmm. right? Like I, you can't. In other words, if somebody's being unreasonable, like no matter how you try, and, and this has happened to me, where where I have been, you know, in conversations with people, and no matter how hard that I've tried, mm-hmm. no matter how hard that I've tried to um, to ask for forgiveness, no matter how hard that I've I've tried to do the things that they've they've asked me asked me to do, there's always something else. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's oh, you know, like you you do one thing, and then they request some something else, and and. And so that's where that statement was born. You you just cannot reason with 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 unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in in those play in those times, I think it's it's fair to to use another another statement, which, which is forgiveness does not require consent, mm-hmm. right? Like me for the act of me forgiving you does not require the consent of the other person. I think a young adult listening to this might be surprised to hear you say that. Mm. Does forgiveness require the other person to say I'm sorry? No. Hmm. No, oh, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, abs- absolutely. But the thing is, is that, and this is this is not the ideal. 
Sure. Right? Like yep. you, you talked about the you talked about the ideal. Of course. Yeah. Right? And that's and what so, we want for everyone. And and you know, as uh, you know, as a as a child, as a as a as a as a teenager, as a young adult. I mean, you know, as I entered into um, Christian ministry, mm-hmm. well, like uh, this is the greatest job in the whole world. <laughs> who who wouldn't want to be right in Christian ministry? Sure, yeah. Right. Everybody's <laughs> loving each other, and and the fruits <laughs> of the spirit are all on display all the time. Amazing. Uh, and and I forgot. Uh, I didn't realize that that people are still people. Mm-hmm. We still we still sin, uh, and then people are at different at different stages of maturity, mm-hmm. right? And and that's not saying that the maturity is connected to, to age. I'm not I'm not saying that you've got different levels of maturity at different at different age levels. Mm-hmm. So you could be interacting with somebody who who you would think because of their age should have a certain level of Christian maturity, but but then you dis- you discover <laughs> right. that they don't. So what sure. what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, am I supposed to? Am I supposed to sit around and wait for this person to accept my accept my forgiveness? In an ideal world, absolutely. But that does not happen all the time, mm-hmm. and and I don't believe that uh, that that God uh, is requires us uh, to you know to to wait for that for that back. But like, we do what we we do what we can do in terms of extending forgiveness and if that's not if that's not reciprocated and sometimes sometimes that does happen mm-hmm. um uh, I, I don't think we're required to to live there and carry that anymore because mm-hmm. that's that's already been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus so it it sounds like you're connecting setting boundaries and off like extending mm-hmm. forgiveness maybe as one package whatever that looks like in a certain situation um there's very much a a spiritual or biblical basis for that, that, that it's not necessarily just waiting for the, um, external parts of a situation to improve, Mm -hmm. but so often it's just walking by faith and, and and offering forgiveness when it's unearned or unasked for. Um, what would be a few, I don't want to say practical because I think it's still very much internal work. Um, but how do we set boundaries well in friendships? Let's say somebody has hurt us. What are a few tools we can use to set boundaries with that person um, mm. after we've walked through the process of forgiving them? Yeah, oh, that's that's a great question. Uh, right, right off the top, I, I would say uh, that it is that it is okay to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, boundaries with with friends, boundaries even with even with parents, mm. right? Uh, and the the person who can best sort that out is is you. Mm. Um, and and I know that part of the difficulty about that is, um, you know, o- oftentimes we want to we want to do our best, we want to to help people, we want to we want to assist, but and sometimes people take advantage of that of that that kindness. And so where where is that line? Mm-hmm. Oh, that like that's where the rubber really is hitting the road, right? Yeah. Like, where is the where is the line? And and I just encourage encourage people like that is that is when you need to pray and ask God for His wisdom and help, and then also seek seek somebody else else out for their for their input and their their counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's one of the things that's often lost today is is that we need other people to kind of give us counsel on on difficult situations where. Where we have this sense that a boundary is needed, right? But putting in a putting in a boundary is not necessarily an easy thing to do because as soon as you put in a boundary, now we're dealing with disappointment, right? And what sometimes what people do is is that well, I'd actually rather deal, I'd rather not put the boundary than deal with a disappointment mm. or deal with the guilt trip, right? right? Yeah. 
Yeah, because I think to add on to what you're saying, I think setting boundaries requires clarity. Yes. It's a boundary, I think, only if both people know it's there. Yes. Otherwise, it's not really a boundary. Um, it's just sort of my expectations. And I think that there's a difference between expectations and boundaries. Um, but that's really hard, setting boundaries with people and being clear about yeah, yes. <laughs> what the line is for you in that relationship because it can sometimes feel cold or unloving. But yes. I actually think it is loving, not only towards yourself, um, but towards the other person as well. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I say I, I agree with you completely. Um, that setting a boundary requires clarity mm-hmm. and also requires resolve. <laughs> and and resolve yeah. is resolve is hard because you know maybe you think, well, I'll just I'll just kind of let this go this this one time. Well, you, you do that that one time, and then you know the next thing is going to be, well, you did it that one time, remember? Mm. Right, and yeah. so so does, and I'm not saying that you can't revisit that. I'm not saying sure. you can't you can't be gracious. Yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. But I think it's I think I, I know I know <laughs> I know that it's okay for for you to have boundaries for for me to have boundaries and to be able to express those express those to other people. Now, not everybody is necessarily going to be on that page. Mm-hmm. Not not everybody is necessarily going to be accepting accepting of that, and that's a that's a whole different uh, uh, topic. But but I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, yes, it is mm. okay. And actually, I would say important, yeah. you know, for our own, for our own well-being. Mm. And, and there, is, there is nothing wrong or there's nothing unbiblical, right. I would say, about, uh, about setting boundaries. Awesome. Well, I think that's probably, I'm sure there are people listening for whom that's really important to hear. Um, I don't want to oversimplify what we've just said, but I sort of can identify three things just as a quick summary of this uh, this idea of setting boundaries. It sounds like from, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me, but I'm hearing three steps here. The first is to pray, is to be with God, to ask his wisdom on it. Yeah. The second is to ask the help of others, to talk to somebody we trust, whether that is a parent, um, a counselor, and by the way, counseling's the best. I know you're an advocate for it Absolutely, as well, yeah, as am sure I. Am. Yeah. Counseling can be so helpful uh, in, when it comes to dealing with mental health, but I would say also when it comes to dealing with relational issues. Um, we just sometimes need that outside perspective. Uh, and that's the second step. And then the third step is to be clear, mm-hmm. to be clear with the person about um, yeah, what those boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Not to oversimplify it, but well, no, I think I think that, that that's that's a good starting point for sure for people, and and also I think it's important to to give yourself grace, right? Like for us to give ourselves grace, like we're not always gonna do it completely right. We're not course, going to, yeah. right? And I think sometimes like we're we're too sometimes we can be too too hard on our on ourselves as we're trying to navigate relationships. I think sometimes we 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 underestimate. How complex sometimes relationships can can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Sean. I really appreciate uh, your wisdom on that. Uh, let's move on a little bit to our second topic. We've talked a little bit about friendship. I suppose most of what we talked about applies to most of our relationships, but specifically, I also want to talk about our relationship with our parents, mm. um, because we, young adults are people who become adults out of their youth, out of their teenage years. And they find themselves in the relationships with their parents as fellow adults now. Mm-hmm. They're not, they are still children. You know, I'm always going to be my parents' children. But when I turned 18, I became my own adult. Mm-hmm. I became a fellow adult with them um, in, in that stage of life. And so there is sort of this 
tension, I think, that sometimes exists in relationships between adults, children, and parents. Maybe especially for young adults who live at home with their parents, but I think for for all of us as well. Um, so I would love to hear your perspective in a moment um, as a parent to maybe share some wisdom to the young adults who are listening. Uh, what are their parents not telling them? <laughs> maybe that's something you can touch on. But before we get there, can you talk a little bit about your background in this? Um, when you were uh, an older youth and transitioning into young adulthood as an 18, 19 year old, how was conflict handled in your house when you were growing up, especially between you and your parents? Yeah, I think, you know, the, one of the words that pops into my mind uh, is expectations, hmm. right? And I think that that's at the heart of, of conflict and that's at the heart of relationships is, is when we have different expectations from the people that we're in relationship with. Mm-hmm. And, and that happens uh, with, with parents as well. Like parents have e- expectations of us. Right. And, and actually we want them to have expectations of us. Sure. And we have expectations of our of our parents, mm-hmm. um, and uh, our parents don't necessarily always meet those expectations, and mm. and and vice versa. Yeah, vice vice versa, right? So so oftentimes when when conflict comes up, it's because expectations are 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 not being met, or expectations haven't necessarily been been verbalized, right? Mm-hmm. I remember uh, when I was uh, when I uh, left. Uh, after high school, and I went to, to Providence for, for for three years. Well, those three years, like I am my own adult. Like I am responsible for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything uh, went well or didn't go well based on my choices. My my parents were like fourteen hundred kilometers away. Okay. Did you enjoy that freedom? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So when I came back, this is where this is where the uh, rubber hits the road. I see. When I came back. And now I'm living back under, and I'm living with with my parents and my and my two sisters. Like I found it so constraining, mm. right? And and even little things like I didn't um, I didn't have to get up. Uh, I had a I was attending the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology at the time, and my first class was at ten. Mm. So like I didn't have to get up. I didn't have to get up to like nine. Right. Right. Perfect. So yeah. I, that's it's ideal, right? Except well, my my sister would practice her violin at like <laughs> seven a.m. Drove me bonkers, yeah, right? And I, sure. you know, being being you know immature, um, you know, I would let her have it. Well, my parents let me have it, mm. right? Like who who do I think? Who did I think that I am? Right. Right. And yeah. so, but you're not just a kid anymore. You're, you're it, yes. an adult now, who's who's already had a taste of what it means to exactly. go out and build your own life and schedule. Yes. And that's where the tension is. That's where the that's where the tension is, and it came down to expectations. Like it wasn't like I had expectations of what my morning would be like. Well, it wasn't fair for me to have those expectations because of the context. Right. That that uh, it was yeah. that it was taking place in. Right. Yep. But but of course, like I didn't. I'm not. In those moments, I'm not thinking through all of those variables. I'm just thinking, hey, I stayed up till like 2 a.m., dude, <laughs> you know, and, and here I want to be able to, to, get, to get sleep and was not, you know, my goal was blocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So then it sounds like you've seen both sides of this, as probably most human beings yes. have, especially by the time they have kids, that they know what it is to be the adult child and they know mm-hmm. what it is to be the adult parent. Um, so briefly, Sean, I wonder if you could share a little bit. Um, you are a parent mm-hmm. to, as you've mentioned, two girls. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what it looks like on the other side of the equation? I think so often young adults are only thinking 
about their own experience with their parents. You know, here are the places where they and I disagree. Here's the tensions that we have. Here's the disagreements we have, especially again, if they're living at home and in other contexts too. Um, what would you want to say um, as a parent to young adults who are listening about navigating conflict with their parents? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that, uh, that your parents don't know everything. <laughs> uh, and, and, and here's the thing, like when I was growing, growing up, like, like I thought the world of my dad, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, like he, was just, he was just somebody who uh, was very uh, thoughtful and wise and just seemed to have everything at, at his fingertips. Like there was no challenge that, that I can think of that my dad couldn't handle, right? And, and I think that, and, and as much as I believed that to be true, it, w- it wasn't. Right, like my dad was a was a man mm-hmm. was yeah. was not a perfect was not a perfect man didn't have all didn't have all the answers even though I thought he did as as a kid mm-hmm. and I think that part of the transition from from being um, from being a kid to being a teenager to being a young adult is is coming to terms with mm-hmm. the fact that our parents don't have all the answers right um, and they're imperfect yes they make mistakes just like us yes exactly mm-hmm. and so there's an awakening that that happens I think you know during those during our teenage years into our young adults mm-hmm. uh, years and awakening in the sense of oh you know my parents are actually they're more vulnerable. Than I than I thought that they were right, and sometimes we don't know what to do with that. Yeah, yeah, we don't know how to walk that line when, and not everyone has good experiences with their parents growing up, so we need to acknowledge that. Yeah, but for a lot of people, and I was the same as you. Like when I looked up to my parents, I thought they were perfect. That their word was gospel. That everything, you know, was they had everything figured out in life. Yeah. And, um, and they are amazing people. I love my parents, but yeah, I've had the same awakening that you're describing where I'm seeing, no, they're, they're humans too. They yeah. make mistakes too. And sometimes I need to be the one who extends forgiveness to them, which is a hard dynamic to navigate when yes. you're only used to receiving punishment from them. Right. Right. When I was a 12, 13, right. 14 year old, I couldn't shut up in class. <laughs> so my parents would punish me. I'd yeah. lose privileges, whatever. Then suddenly you realize, and we don't get to maybe punish our parents in the same way, but then you realize, well, mistakes get made the other direction too, especially when you're fellow yes. adults. Um, and that can be a difficult thing yes, sometimes for to sure. navigate. So there's there's a flip side to this. And so the flip side, so, so on the one hand, you know, your parents don't know everything. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that is is that, but they do have wisdom. Sure, of course. Right? And I think that that's, that's one of the things that we need to also kind of keep in mind. Like the reason why your parents are suggesting a certain course of action is, is maybe not necessarily because they want to rain on your parade. Right. It's it's actually because they actually might have some wisdom to to bring to the conversation. Um, yeah. And sometimes, you know, speaking as a former young adult myself, I didn't necessarily heed that wisdom. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we still need to learn those lessons ourselves, yeah. even though our parents are doing their best to warn us, to, to you yeah. know, tell us how things might turn out if we take a certain course of action. We still think, no, I'm special. You know, I think it'll yeah. work out for me. And they yeah. kind of go, there must be times, Sean, as a parent, I'm not a parent, so you can speak into this. There, there might be times where you, do, do you sometimes have to just kind of throw your hands up a little bit and say, okay, like yeah. I've said my piece, but you're going to make your decision and, and, uh, and just kind of step back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and I, I know how sometimes that it comes across. Uh, of course, not in that moment, but in thinking about those instances now, 
uh, I know that in some of those moments, it comes across as controlling. Right. Right. Yep. That I'm trying to control the, the situation. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about that controlling is, is that the, the root of that controlling is, is love. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hard part about that is, um, is also fear. Fear is also connected with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, because I love, I want to protect. Sure. And because I love and want to protect, I'm afraid of what might happen. Mm. Right. And so part of being a parent is also kind of learning to let go, let go of, uh, of, of something that you have, you have, uh, loved and cherished, and it's sometimes it's hard to to you know cut those uh, apron strings, mm. so to speak. Yeah, for sure. I think that's really important for young adults to hear, especially um, maybe younger young adults listening to this. That we need to extend grace to our parents as well, as we we hope and expect that our parents will extend grace to us as we're going into young adulthood and make mistakes and decisions and try to figure things out. Uh, we need to extend grace back to our parents as well. Um, I'm reminded of uh, one time one of my friends was getting married and I was in, uh, I was involved in the wedding. And um, I remember just during the wedding planning process, uh, my friend's parents, I I known them pretty well up to this point and they were just different around the wedding. Um, They were kind there was some tension. They were kind of angsty. They would be a little bit even biting or sarcastic. And I think it, what was happening was maybe they had, a vision of how the wedding was going to be and the couples was different and whatever the details are irrelevant. But what I kind of noticed is that, Oh, well in the same way that my friend is figuring out how to be an adult who's moving on to another season of life away from his parents, he's getting married. Um, the parents are figuring this out too. They're about to, um, I don't want to say lose a son. That's obviously way too harsh, but the relationship's about to change significantly. Yeah. And maybe there's a, um, I don't know, like a, a mourning that's happening there and a tension that's coming. Um, so, yeah. W- do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, like absolutely. Extending grace back up the ladder towards our parents. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, yeah, we we as people, we're just so self-focused sometimes, right? It's, it's so hard for us to kind of contemplate the other relational dynamics and the other things that other people might be carrying, mm. right? It's because we don't we don't wear those things on our sleeve for sure, right? In fact, we often try to hide them. Yeah, and, and, I, I, and I think yeah. my friend's parents. Sorry to jump in. Yeah. I think my friend's parents were maybe not not wanting to be that way. Like they wanted to just be go with the flow and and, yeah. and warm. And but I think for them there was a lot they were carrying too, in terms of this whole transition. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you be proud and, and grieve the loss of your son in the same moment? (laughs) Right? Like, how do you, how do you, how, how do you express your, your pride about what's happening, but also grieve that he is now not part of your household anymore? Mm. Right? Like, how do you, how do you, like, it's not like there's a class on that, right? right? Like, yeah. it's, there's not a, there's not a chapter in the parent manual that says, you know, this is, these are, these are the steps, right? And, and again, like, oftentimes we're just, we're not aware of the complexity of our own emotions as, as we approach some of these, um, these, these life events. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably why it's so important for us to um, be, to kind of bring it back to James quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, even with our parents, because as you said, sometimes they're right. I would say a lot of the time they're right, especially for those of us who um, are blessed with parents we love and trust and have healthy relationships with. Um, But sometimes they're wrong. 
and they mess up and yep. they carry stuff too. And we need to leave grace for that as well. Yeah. And, and one of the other things that I would, I would point out is, is that your parents had a life before you, <laughs> right? right? And so what, what, what happened during those, during those years? Hmm. Like what kind of, what kind of people were they, were they back then? Like what were some of the struggles that they have? What are some of the, what are some of the things, the tragedies that they, that they experienced? Like what were some of the things that, that shaped them? Right? Like one of the things that, that helped me understand my dad better was actually understanding how my dad related to my grandfather. Hmm. So my grandfather and my dad had a terrible relationship, right? And so that, actually, that information, that knowledge helped me to understand why at times my dad struggled, hmm. right? Like my dad, my, I, never, I never heard my dad say the words, I love you. Mm-hmm. Like, did I know that he loved me? Absolutely. Sure. With, with, yeah. without, without question. And I can point to example after example. Yeah. Um, but part of the reason why he struggled in our relationship is because of the ways in which it was modeled or not modeled for him. Right. And, and, and continuing down the line. For sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think that's a great place to sort of end it. Do you have any other thoughts or... Yeah, I would just I would just like to to really warmly encourage those who who are listening just to um, just to invite God into those moments, invite God into those relationships. Like when you find yourself being being stressed or or, or overwhelmed, um, make sure that you invite God into those convers- conversations to to give you wisdom as you as you approach relationship stress. Um, and also seek out the counsel of, of people that you know and, and, and trust. Um, because like I say, like we are, we've been created for relationship. Um, God is in relationship with, with himself, right? right? Yeah. Which is an incredible example uh, to, to, to us. Um, and so let's, let's be a, a help and support to, to, to each other. But the first part of that is, is that we need, to, we need to invite people into to our lives. We need to invite people into our circles so that we can get the help that we need. Absolutely. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks so much, Sean, for your time. Thanks for sitting down with me yeah, today. Pleasure to do so. Thanks for listening to Canvas Continued on the Not The Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a show and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at at Canvas 